Amen. Good morning, church. Let's, uh, before we start, let's pray. Amen. Father, we thank you that we can come into wherever space that we are at today and really just be in your presence, O oh God. And Father, we pray today, help us to open our hearts, open our ears, and open our minds to what you want to speak to us. Help us um, that every, everything that you plant in our hearts will fall on good, grounds, or good ground and, and bear good fruits, O oh God. So all this we commit into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I might not look the type, but um, in, in secondary school, uh, there's this subject called PJ, which is basically Physical Education of Pendidikan Jasmani. And in, in my school, in Ipoh, we, the, the only thing that we do is play football. There is nothing else. It's like a, a 40 over guys, you give them a ball, they all run around the field, alright? And that, we do that for like an hour. And for me, right, for someone who, who wears uh, spectacles, when I have to play football, like especially if I have a, a, some a specs that is relatively new, or it's like, you know, last time you have those like fully glass ones that are very easy to break. Yeah, those of you who have been wearing specs for the, for, for the entire life, for the entire time of your life, you would understand what I say. That wearing spectacles in a football, or on a football field is very dangerous because the ball comes or the person comes whack into your head. That's it. So I would take out my specs, leave it in class, and go onto the field. Now, the problem is this. My eyesight is not very good. So when I'm on the field, all I can see are people whose faces are blur. For those of you who are more technology inclined, imagine if it's 360p resolution, far off. So all I see, right, is people's blur faces running here and there, running here and there. So I don't really know, right, who's on my team or who's on the other team. Until they actually come near me, the boy is coming near, it's like, oh, sama kawan. And for me, <laughs> that is a huge problem. I don't even know whether to kick the ball or to pass the ball or to tackle the fella. But then, there is this technological advancement which we call optical lenses. And this thing is, is incredible because every single day, millions of people wake up in the morning unable to see clearly. Everything is blur. The whole world around them is blur until they pick up their glasses or put in their contacts. And that being said, I need to wear my specs now because I cannot read my notes. Okay, it's not that my eyesight is that bad. My, my, my fonts are really small. But what was blurry and distant suddenly becomes clear pristine and near through the lenses that have been prescribed to me the moment I put this on. And these two lenses, these two, the glass is installed in this thing called the frame. And it sits on our nose or placed directly in front of our eyes and everything we view is brought into focus. 
in our lives, in you and mine, whether you wear specs or you don't wear specs, we have another lens that is even more important. And that is the lens which we see the world. And what we call that is the world view. How we view the world. And that is our worldview. Each of us have one. If you think you don't have, you have one. It's just that your, your worldview is that you don't know. <laughs> Everyone has a worldview. It is your growing up, your environment, your family, the principles and precepts that shape the way you and I view the world and view people around us. But get this, just like how the lens allows me to see things around me clearly and define what things are. Like, remember I said, I don't know whether it's kawan or the other, uh, or I'm supposed to tackle the person. Once we have our worldview and that, that is already established, we interpret things around us depending on that lens. We interpret the things that happen around us, the situations we interpret, we interpret what we see according to our lens, our worldview. So today, I'm going to talk to you about the perfect lens. The perfect lens. I have four points. All of them starts with F. The first one is the framed lens. The framed lens. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 to 7. We're going to start all the way in the Garden of Eden today. And we're going to bring you through some of these scriptures in the Bible. Amen. Genesis 3, verse 6 to 7. So when the woman, Eve, saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Now, I want you to look closely at verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for fruit, right, look at the order, right? Saw that the tree was good for fruit, but then the next thing that comes after that, it was pleasant to the eyes. Now, when you go, okay, during MCO, I had to go shopping for, for, for stuff that I don't usually buy at home. And I was buying... Uh, fruits one time and I was looking at um, the papaya and I don't usually buy papaya because my parents are around and they usually they usually get that so when I look at the papaya skin I was like do I buy the one with spots or do I not buy the one with a lot of spots then from far you try to determine you know whether whether the fruit is good or not but you see before Eve could 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 say that the the the, the fruit was was, was good, right? Before she actually saw, look at what happened first. She saw that the tree was good for, for food. How do you know something is good for food? Because look at the order. She saw that it was good for food first and then only it was, in the scripture it says, it was pleasant to the eyes. That means before she saw that the fruit 
was pleasant, something happened in her brain. Something happened in her thinking that made her say, that is good food. And after those two, at last, only in the scripture it says, a tree desirable to make one's wise. So the lens that Eve saw through had set her mind that the tree was good. And because she saw through that lens, she had made up her mind and that led her to see, seeing and perceiving how that fruit is good for her. And finally, that led to a desire and an action, which we all know that was the event which we call the fall of man, when sin came into the world. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And just like the lens of a spectacles, it has a frame. The lens sits on this frame. The lens of our lives will determine how we frame our perceptions, how we frame our views, and how we frame our beliefs. The moment you wake up every morning, when you open your eyes, when your brain starts going, when you see things happen around you, whether it work, in church, at home, how it goes into your head, how it starts thinking, why you think in such a way, is because of the lens that you put on. Because the lens and the frame is inseparable. The lens, will, the frame will always be, 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 be together with the lens. It has to be together. It will always shape how you see things, how you perceive things, will always shape what you think ultimately into your heart and the desire and finally action. So the wrong lens would skew our belief and the way we act. Amen? So imagine if I have, I, these are glasses with, with power, with prescription. If I take someone else's glasses and I wear it, the power is different. So if we wear the wrong lens, things will get blurry for us. Amen? So that's number one. Our lens will frame our lives. Number two, sometimes we wear spectacles which are called, which has something called filtered lens. Filtered lens. Something like this. So, called sunglasses, it has a darker filter. Well, I feel like I'm selling spectacles today. It has, it, 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 the moment you put it on, everything turns to the shade of the lens. Everything turns to the shade of the lens. Now we look at this story. Numbers 11 verse 6. Numbers 11 verse 6. These were the Israelites being out of Egypt. They were in the wilderness and they were complaining about the buffet and the menu that they were getting. Verse 5. Verse 5. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. 
there is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. The writer didn't just say that they were complaining. The writer was so fed up that he literally put the entire menu that was in Egypt into the scripture. Who complains about not about missing onions, about missing garlics, and missing leeks? Leeks! Who misses leeks? The Israelites were like, God, why are we here in the wilderness? All we have is the manna in our hands. Oh, the good old days of the leeks, of the garlic, of the onion. They saw the provision, but they did not see the provider. While they were in the wilderness, the shade that they put, that lens that they put on their eyes, all they could see was the hardship. Why? Because when they were in Egypt, the mindset was that they were bound. But when they left Egypt, while God had freed them, their lens, their worldview was still being bound. They were not yet free. So the same shade that they looked at things while in Egypt was the same shade of things that they looked at when they were free. So they could not see that they have the freedom. They could not see that they have a God who was providing for them. Or they could see like what Pastor shared was the things that were in their hands and not what was in their hearts and the God that was providing for them. The gift was right in front of them. But the lens that they saw had them seeing what bound them in the past. Helen Keller, who was deaf and blind, said this, The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. Do you see things the way they're supposed to be seen? or the way you want to see them. How many times in our life do you think that we think of something and we feel that, oh, that is good Christian values. But when you look deeper, it might not be. Take discipleship, for instance. A lot of, a lot of people think that discipleship it's like mentor-mentee. Someone who's more spiritually mature, training you, telling you, coaching you, coaching you in doing life, sharing the knowledge which the person I have walked, I have gone through a bit more experience. Let me help you, let me guide you, let me build you up. Sounds correct? It's not. Bleak definition of discipleship does not does not hear this right involve the disciple looking towards that discipler why? the whole point of discipleship is to bring people to be more like Jesus if I'm discipling someone, I don't need you to be more like me. Just like what Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I am but a vessel that is here for God to use 
with all that I hope and all that I put in, I hope that whoever I'm discipling, you become more like Jesus, not more like me. My life doesn't matter. I'm just here as a vessel, as vessel to be used by God. That's why when we start to think of it this way, then discipleship totally changes. Because you don't look at a person, you don't, you don't look at what he, he just does, you look beyond that. Of course, I'm not saying that what the person does doesn't matter. It matters. Setting an example matters. But your example should point people to Jesus. Disciples, if you are discipling someone and you're not pointing that person to Jesus, then you better get out of the way. Because Jesus is always the topic. He's always the main point. Don't take that worldly view or that worldly context of things and shove it into Christianity and shove it into belief. The Bible is the Bible. There's nothing that you want to subtract or add to it. It is complete. It is God's Word. Don't church. As we move into a, a time where there's so many changes, a time where a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's time for change. It's time to get back to basics. It's almost like it's time for everything all of a sudden. Was it not time before? Hello? In a time where everything suddenly feels so uncertain, I think we should, from the start, be certain that doesn't matter. At the end of the day, our lens, what we see, what we do, what we do in church, our ministry, our work, our careers, why we want to excel in our careers, why we want to excel in our studies. It's not because of us. It's not important. Let Jesus be lifted up. That's the lens we should must look at. Not through shades, not through a shade of your past, not through something which will bind you and bound you. The filtered lens. The third one, the fashion lens. The fashion lens. The fashion lens design values design more than the function. Why? Because if you put your two fingers through these two, you will literally touch my eyeballs. There is no lens. Why is the fashion lens not not more values design more than function its purpose its sole purpose is to look nice but the lens has no power and no prescription to your life whatsoever let's go to john 6 verse 25 to 27 very quickly jesus puts it very bluntly here verse 25 when they finally found him they asked him teacher how did you get here this was after the miracle of the five loaves and two fish. Jesus replied, Let me make this clear. You came looking for me because I fed you by a miracle, not because you believe in me. It was 27. Why would you strive for food that is perishable and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life, which never spoils? I, the Son of Man, am ready to give you what matters, for God the Father has destined me for this purpose. These are people who are chasing after miracles, who are chasing after sermons of speakers, of conferences, and of things that are hype. And why? Because 
you have no principles that you hold on to. Your worldview of God, of Jesus, of everything else shifts and changes according to the trends. So you will take up one fashion lens, you put it down. When the next one is hype, you take it up again and you put it down. And at the end of the day, it does not matter because all it does, it is look nice, but it does not give you clarity and sight. If our lens constantly changes, so will our principles, our beliefs, and our view. How we see the world cannot be shaken just cause things happen. It has to be founded on something which is constant. And my last point is this. The focal lens. The focal lens. The focal lens is a photographic lens which the focus is not adjustable. The focus in that particular lens is set at the time of design and remains fixed throughout its entire lifetime and use. Thinking differently from the world has been part of Christian jargon, Christian responsibility from the beginning. And we Christians, we live in this world. And our default reality is that we are likely to be shaped by these patterns, these structures, these values, unless we consciously, consciously discern how and where they stand against the gospel. To see it through a lens to see past the constructs, to see past of what society is saying that is right, but to see and understand what God really says is right. You know, the most difficult part of patterns, of thought, is to identify things that we should not be conformed to. Because when those things that we do not want to conform to, when that is the majority opinion, when that is the norm of society, when that does not sit well with the Word of God, that is where the most difficult part comes at. Because you will be against the type. When you study church history, it's very easy to discern and say that, wow, the church of last time, you know, they, they had so many blind spots, so many things that they could have done better. Why did they not make this kind of decision? And we feel, wow, God, help us not make that mistake. You know, sometimes maybe we feel somewhat a bit superior that we are maybe doing better than what they are doing. <laughs> but don't you think that it is far more difficult to discern our own blind spots. And that is why the lens which we see and look at the world 
is so important. Because the moment we get that wrong, the moment we take God, we take the Word of God, we take the cross, we take Jesus out of the way we look at the world, the way we look at our situations, the way we look at our family, our studies, our career. The moment we take that out of our lens, the lens loses its power. It doesn't frame our view correctly anymore. A worldly lens will give you worldly, perishable solutions. But a godly lens, a Christ-centered, cross-dependent view of the world, that is our focal lens. That is the lens that we need to put on every single day. Why we always take sometimes, at, at times we take God out of the equation. Why sometimes we always miss God. Sometimes, you know, things happen and we don't see God in it. It's because maybe our lens is no longer focusing on God. Why relationships are not healthy? It's because when you turn the lens on yourself and instead of putting God there, everything becomes skewed. Everything becomes blurry. I'm going to end with this verse. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I love this verse. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I pray that today we will take a good look at our lives. Take a good look at how we see things. Take a good look at what kind of, you know, things that we hold on to in our life. And I want you to compare it against God's Word. Are you really up to that mark of meeting that standard? Are you, can you say that you can come to a point where you will put on that focal lens, that Christ-centered lens in your life and be able to see things not like how the Israelites did, to see things apart from it being filtered, to see things apart from it just being a fashion lens, but to see things through a focal lens, to see things through God's Word, God's principles. 
I pray that you will search yourself. You will ask God to reveal things in your life this week. That as you continue to, to check yourself, to have that struggle and pull, that you'll begin to find a deeper revelation and a deeper relationship with God. I said the focal lens, the focus is fixed from the start by design. We started in Genesis, remember? That's that, that, that verse with Eve. God made each and every one, you and me, in His image, in His likeness. That lens, that's been fixed by design from the start. That's not going to change. All you need to do is learn to look through it. Don't take it off. Don't put something else on. Keep it on. Look straight. Step on the Word of God. Continue to walk in His ways. Walk in His principles. And you begin to see the world in a totally different light. You begin to see as things happen, good or bad, you see things in a very different light. You somehow have that ability to see things through how God wants you to see it. To see how His plans can involve you. To see how where you are at, your past, you're not there by mistake. To see how you're moving forward, it's not going to be a mistake. It's going to be not, not an uncertainty. So I pray that this week, my challenge to you is this, that you continue to ask yourself, that as you spend your quiet time, continue to speak to God and say, God, show me the things that you want, or that, that you want me to really see, things that you want me to change in my life. What foundational things in my life that I need to put in place? What are some of the things which I have so... It's so ingrained in me that it feels so Christian-y, that it feels so right when you actually say it, just like discipleship. But you have completely, maybe you and I have completely lost that point. Church, this time, this year, be it, it's a time for change, it's a time to go back to basics. At the end of the day, it's a time to go back to God to come back to a place where you can see through and see clear of what God wants to do in your life and my life. And that will set your heart right and from that, your actions, your desires. So that's it. That's my sermon. I pray that you, you, you get something today. Amen. I'm just going to pray for a bit. Her end. Father, we thank you for today. Father, we pray that God, I ask that you continue to speak to each and every one of us. That God, you will enable us to see our blind spots. You will enable us to see the things that maybe we have taken for granted or the things that we have taken out of context from your word, oh God. Help us to see our careers, our families, our relationship, our studies, our ministries. Help us to see church not in a different light, but to see all these things through a lens that 
is of you through a lens that is founded on your word, on your principles. That God, we will not stray, we will not look to the left, to the right, but God, our focus will be on you and you alone. Amen. So Father, I pray that God, even as we end this service, I pray for every single person who's watching, for every single person here in church as well, that God, may your presence continue to be with us, continue to anoint us, lead us and guide us, draw us closer to you. In the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the sweet, sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, continue to be with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. That's the end of service for this week. I pray that you have a good week ahead. Continue to stay home, stay safe, and take care. Amen. See you. This sermon has been brought to you by Harvest Generation Church. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged.